0: Redemption Formulary. Redemption Formulary. I am an exegetical preacher, came out of a Pentecostal Baptist experience, and now I'm solidly Methodist. I will take my time because I know once I get excited, you won't be able to understand my accent, but so far you're doing well. Amen. <laughs> I am exegetical in that I think that the book should speak to you. Certainly, there would be moments that I would interject, but this book has so much to say that we could hardly have enough time to expound. So exegetical preaching takes us through the book. Would you journey with me? This book as presented was written by Luke, and the kids just went to Sunday school. And that's the place that you are indoctrinated, and that's the place that you are taught and uh, provoked to learn the books of the Bible and all these other things that stays with us even today, amen? amen. So we know this book was written by Luke Luke was a Gentile so it wasn't only uh, Jewish folks that wrote the Bible he was a Gentile we know from the scholars that it was written between AD 58 to 60 the focus of the book was for the Greek public the scholars would push the envelope a little more they would say that you know Luke is as an author he has written two books and this one they said it's a compilation of what they call a redaction it's taken from the account of Mark and another source they call it the Q source the quill source it's a German word for unknown but we know that all of this together he was able to extrapolate and compile then what we read today so this is the book the emphasis of the book is important. It presents Jesus as a, the long awaited Messiah. It presents Jesus as the Savior of the world. Anyone knows Jesus as their Savior? If you do, just wave your hand. Got to be animated with me. And suddenly, it speaks of the kindness of Jesus to women. That is comforting because sometimes we feel in so many places, in so many ways, disenfranchised. But when we delve into the word, we would see that Jesus, our Savior, focused on women. Uh, He showed kindness to the weak, and that's exemplified in this book. Kindness to the outcast, and I think that's part of your ministry, Unity House. So you're following in the footstep of Jesus. And certainly, kindness to those that are suffering. Those that are suffering. Some of us, uh, things are not too bad in life continue to present itself as okay, but there are some folks that are suffering. You turn on the news, you would see that. Ladies and gentlemen, this book shows that Jesus is for all of those people. And certainly, as we set the book in context, we must note that there is a doctrinal position that is presented through the lens of these pages. It speaks of universal mortification. Mortification as in, Eating away at something, making it what it should be, dropping those things that is not, and making it better. It speaks of universal self-denial, and these are standards that are cause, are called or we are, are challenged to, to observe in terms of a doctrinal position. Our focus here is on chapter 19 and this chapter 19 follows the account of jesus healing a blind man blind batemus we know that jesus has the power to heal and while we don't have time to delve into this it brings me joy in my soul i don't know if some of you are struggling with different illnesses and sometimes the doctor has given up on you but i in passing need to say to you that if jesus did it for blind batemus he can do it for you amen all right. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, the focus, the focus is right on this story as presented and as I read. It starts by saying Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. He passed through Jericho. Notice the deliberate action of Jesus. He had just finished healing this blind man. He was on a surge, a journey towards Jerusalem. Ladies and gentlemen, there were several alternative paths that he could have taken. I've been to Israel about seven times. I know the terrain well. I've been into Jericho on many occasions. I know the history of Jericho. We know Jericho is a cursed city. You remember the story about Jericho. And yet, in spite of the designation as a cursed city, Jesus was deliberate and purposeful in coming through Jericho. Sometimes where you live and who you are as a people, sometimes the way the other people look at you and look down their noses at you, you feel like if you don't belong. But when you read the scripture, it restimulates, if you will, purpose in your heart and it energizes you to think that even if you are the least of these Jesus eyes is on you and he will be deliberate to come where you are is that a word for someone this morning so ladies and gentlemen Jesus came through Jericho this cursed city and I'm coming through Jericho the scripture is is clear and I think the way we could approach this is by looking at the players in Jericho because in Jericho as a city it uh, had people I I go to Jericho now of the main highway, the U.S. has done a lot in terms of making a major thoroughfare into the city. But as you journey in, probably about for a mile and a half, you would see the beauty of that development. But then you would come in to the old city called Jericho. And ladies and gentlemen, the Bible said that Jesus came into the city, there were some players there. Let me introduce you to the people that Jesus met there. The Bible said, Behold, or oh look. There was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans, and he was rich. So the first player, if you will, that was introduced to us in the text is a man named Zacchaeus. The Bible is very descriptive about this man. Notice the first thing, his name, Zacchaeus, it means pure. A pure man living in a vile city. It doesn't matter where you are. You have the opportunity to bloom where you are planted. Are are you with me? I want to give you a message to keep this morning. The second thing the Bible says about him is that he was a man. A man. Sometimes we shudder when folks speak to us as who we are. But notice how the Bible engages a description of an individual. It speaks to his identity. You are who you are. And nobody can take that from you. I am here this morning, I'm a black man from the islands. I have an accent. Some folks will bow at that. I feel good about that. I could say, yeah man, what's up? <laughs> I am West Indian. I am a man. But you know what? It doesn't matter what others say. The Lord still loves me. Come on, and the Lord loves you too. Come on, touch your neighbor and tell them the Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. The Bible says, the other thing about this man is that he was chief among publicans. He was the principal tax collector. And one other uh, 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 explanation of his function is that he was a tax farmer. If you are acquainted with farmer, it means that this is the person that reaped all that was planted. And in another iteration, it says he was a gatherer of public revenue. His function was not uh, 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 uh. there was no no boundaries as to what he could do the other things that the scripture says about him is that he was rich he was rich isn't it beautiful to be rich come on <laughs> well some of us don't know what it is to be rich but some of I dream about it <laughs> I dream being Bill Gates come on <laughs> it's good to be rich the Bible says however he was little of stature he was little other things that you should know about him he was curious he was agile. He was inventive. So, ladies and gentlemen, you are who you are. And you have the potential to be more than you are if you could be comfortable in your own skin and for who you are. The second groups, or the second group of players, quote unquote, as the Bible presents to us, are the people. The people. And here what the Bible would say about them. Uh, it says that. Uh, these folks and you would take this from me these people in Jericho they were heathens they were heathens it means that they didn't have a covenantal relationship with God they said the scripture said about them that they were murmurers it means that their souls were disquieted that they were not contented just dealing with the status quo everything they see they would murmur or talk about you know anyone like that (laughs) Don't raise your hands. It said that they were also inquisitive, a logical conclusion. They were tail bearers, and certainly they criticized everything that came within sight. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the people that we are engaged, the players. But the third person or third group is one figure that we need to keep our eyes on. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it good to know that wherever you are, Jesus is with you? Come on, help me. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says this was Jesus going into this area among these people. He was at the height of his career. The word about him is that anywhere he went, he did good. He healed those that had leprosy. He was indeed the mighty healer. He cleansed the leper. To that end, they, some writers say when the people saw Jesus, they would start rejoicing because anywhere he went, he did good. Do, do we not want someone to come in among us and we feel good about them because we know they're going to do some good things for us? Aren't we at times just tired being beaten up, spoken about, uh, people looking down their noses at us? jesus made the difference so i have about 10 more minutes am i good on time honey how much oh my god (laughs) well i'm gonna move it ahead the bible says that jesus came and the scripture says that because this man was little of stature what he did is that he sought to see jesus who he was and could not for the press ladies and gentlemen notice the action words He sought to see jesus i guess we could pause to say are you seeking to see jesus the bible says that what he did is that he ran before jesus and the next thing he did because he was small of stature he climbed up in a sycamore tree all in an attempt to see jesus how are you trying to see jesus i guess that's a relevant question right how are you trying to see jesus here were the reason that the bible presented as to why he did all these things it said it was because of the press because of the press now i heard somebody preach this rev and when they came to this because of the press they started to speak about the daily news the new york times that's not what the scripture is saying oh my god the bible says that he could not see jesus because he was little of stature and because of the press because of the press what it means in the greek is because of the multitude because of the disorganization the unorganized flow of people because of this heathen nation that was trying to see jesus note something ladies and gentlemen in spite of his small stature in spite of the crowd in spite of the disorganization He did not give up. He found a way that he could see Jesus. And I guess this morning, the message for you, it doesn't matter what is going on in your life, you need to get to see Jesus. Say amen, somebody. Challenges did not stop him. Challenges did not stop him. And then the Bible says something happened. His effort produced results. Jesus, the Bible said, responded based on his effort. Not that Jesus knew him. It was the first encounter, but it blew my mind to see what Jesus' reaction was. Note the scripture. The first thing the Bible says is that when Jesus saw him, Jesus said unto him, make haste, come down. For the day I must abide at thy house. Ladies and gentlemen, notice the first thing, Jesus called him by name. Jesus never met him before, but he called him by name. I want to suggest to you that Jesus know all of our names. Anyone that know it, just wave your hand. Come on. Oh my God, I don't know what you're going through. Notice the deficits and notice the challenges in this man's life. Notice all the heavy hitters were there. But Jesus knew his name. Jesus knows your name. And Jesus said to him, I want you to make haste, urgency. Sometimes we are so laid back that we missed our moment. Notice Jesus call and command to him, make haste, come down. Ladies and gentlemen, this is significant to me. It seems to suggest that to meet Jesus, you can't meet him where you are. He ain't coming up to you. Are you with me? you got to come down from your pedestal. I tell you, sometimes we journey in life and we make some things inflate our ego. The monies we have, our intellectual accomplishment, our status in community. So we figure everything should come to us. Notice, this man, in spite of who he was, Jesus said, if you're going to do business with me, you got to come down. Say, come down, somebody. (laughs) And then he said, tonight... I would abide at your house. I'm almost finished. Notice the response. You see, Jesus could ask it of you, but the response is what is key. The Bible says, in the moment, sir, Zacchaeus made haste. When Jesus called your name, uh, you got to respond to Jesus. Are you hearing me? The Bible says that he came down. The Bible says that he received Jesus joyfully. I am blown away that when it comes to the things of Jesus Christ, we make it seem like we are always at a funeral. Come on, help me. We need to be joyful. When we come to church, we need to know that we are having an engagement with the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to put a smile on our faces. So that when people come into our sanctuary, they need to know that Jesus is love. And there is joy in the presence of the Lord. And then the Bible says he received Jesus as his guest. And I want you to note that word. In the Greek, the word is kataloro. And it means to loosen what has been bound or fastened. So in essence, receiving Jesus as his guest, what he was saying to Jesus, come into my house. I am all bound up. I am all tied up but if you come into my house as my guest you could untie me oh my god i don't know about you but i've been traveling with jesus for a while but some days life boxes me in and i feel all bound up and all tied up i know who makes the difference maybe he makes the difference in your life and if he does just wave your hand because it takes jesus to come into your life to unloose you and to release you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happened. There was an instantaneous change of heart. Jesus did not preach a sermon. Jesus did not open the scripture. Just by his presence, some things happened. Jesus is the same yesterday. He's the same today. He'll be the same tomorrow. Hear what the response was. The Bible says that Zacchaeus got up, Jesus at his house, And he said, because you're at my house as my guests, releasing and unbounding me, he said, all that I have stolen from others, all that I have gathered, whether by ill or by good gain, he said, I'm going to give half of it back to the poor. Oh my God, your reception of Jesus is translated into your action. And then he said, you know what? For those that I have dealt falsely with, true false accusation, those that I have been unjust with and stolen from, he said, I would meet the Roman standard, not the Jewish standard, the Roman standard. I am going to give them back four times what they have given to me. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to close this in two minutes because I have two more minutes because I am over my time. Here are two minutes. And what I want to leave with you. Notice Jesus' presence changed Zacchaeus' behavior. You can't interact or engage with Jesus and your behavior and your action that change. But notice some other things. To influence others, we must celebrate them openly. Point number one. Some of us struggle to celebrate other people. But I want to suggest to you, if you're going to have influence, the way you get into other people's heart and their space is to celebrate them. What does celebration mean? It means to outdo their expectation. They expect you to beat down on them. Tell them how great they are. Tell them how beautiful they are. Reach over and hug them. Reach over and love them. Encourage their strength rather than amplify their weaknesses. Are you hearing me? Ah, Ladies and gentlemen, the second thing that you need to know and I'm going to leave with you is that you you can drive an individual into devilry by contempt. You can make them be a more profound and perfect devil just by your contempt. So they mess with you, given the man Zacchaeus was, he stole from you, he took the taxes from you, he beat up on the people. If you treat him with contempt you will only have contempt returned to you. But ladies and gentlemen, if you want to meet him or to melt him into goodness, what you need to do is to try love. Love is the key to it all. Are you with me? Ah, Just two more and I'm done. Love makes a dent on the heart and revolutionizes the nature of man. We ain't got enough of that. My God, if we love enough, all the walls will come tumbling down. If we love enough, true and informed by the love that God has for us, all the struggles will be removed. And last but not least, our action of seeking and saving brings salvation. If you get up and you embrace this as a redemption formulary, you will not sit down but you will take that love beyond your church. You would take it to the households. Jesus took it to Zacchaeus and changed his entire household. I want to say through you, you can do it for your community. Are you hearing me? Ladies and gentlemen, you could, by your love, stimulate a new air. By your love, you could stimulate new impulses. I'm closing my Bible. I might not have a chance to come back to you again. But I want to leave in your mind's eye that just like Jesus, you could turn your community around. But you've got to have the right attitude. You've got to be in a posture of humility knowing that God did it for you. God made the difference. And if God did it for you, you can do it for others. Now put your hands in the air and say, God, I will in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now put your hands together and just give God some praise.
1: the Lord's Word. We're so grateful, and we praise your provision of God's kindness upon us in grace and peace. We are now going to continue in joyful worship. Amen. Please be seated.
2: We have a Memorial Day litany prayer. Men, women, young, old, single, married,
1: drafted, volunteered,
2: fallen, lost,
1: remembered, forgotten.
2: God remembers them all. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of God's saints.
1: Blood given for us as Jesus gave God's blood for us.
2: No nation is perfect but some are perfectly willing to give their lives for their nation. Let us say together, God of creation, God who saves us in everlasting love, God who transforms heaven and earth in the name of love, we thank you today for everyone who has given their lives, serving and defending our nation all over the world. Through your sacrifice for our sake, help us to remember your sacrifice and resurrection in Jesus' for For our sake and the world's sake, and and be humbly glad in our hearts. By your Holy Spirit, help us us to touch the souls of those who have lost their lives for our nation's nation's sake. May they and we in your spirit become your leaves on the tree of life for the healing of the the nations. Help Help us us in your spirit to bear fruits that bring peace to our hearts, and to the hearts of all nations, so that the sacrifice of these brave men and women may be honored by the righteousness of God reigning on your earth may this be so by your will and your grace through Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Men indeed, how blessed we are to live in a free country. How blessed we are to have people who have given their lives for it and how blessed we are to have Reverend Alfer deliver us the words of life and how blessed we are to have this beautiful community that we serve and who we love and who we pray for today today we're praying for Stephanie who's undergoing back surgery we pray for John Leninger who's been diagnosed with liver cancer and testing to see if it spread. We pray for the family of Roy Gooding, who mourns his passing. And we pray for the family of Linda Roberts, who mourns her passing. We pray for the family who we're supporting through our Unity House project. And we pray that that family can get the dignity of a bed to sleep on, on a floor. And we pray for people in our community. All the people who have dropped prayers in our prayer jar at Christmas and throughout the year. My Lord Jesus, Merry Christmas. Love rose. I pray for health. I pray for my family. I pray for my brother. I pray for Alex. Just like our prayers. Just like our prayers. Because they are our prayers. Let's pray together, folks. Loving God, maker of heaven and earth, redeemer of all in our Lord Jesus Christ, and transformer of all in your Holy Spirit, we thank you for this blessed day where we are humbled by the sacrifice of others, where we are lifted up by the invitation of Jesus that Reverend Alpher has given us so powerfully. And we're, we're just grateful to have the beat of our hearts, to be close to you and to feel your heart close to us, blessed Lord. We want always to see you, dear Lord. We want always to be the one climbing up into the tree to look for you and for you to see us and to invite us. We want always, dear Lord, for every life that needs to feel you close, to feel your heavenly touch on them, including, yes, dear Lord, even us. And so we pray for your intimate contact with us and with your world through us. And we pray for the strength in your spirit to be Christ in the world for the world, as you will. And we pray for all of these things in the blessed and holy name of Jesus Christ who taught us to pray. Our Father, the Lord for being a loving God who pours out love for us abundantly, whether we deserve it or not. And to celebrate that God whose work is done through this church, we present now our tithes and our offerings, that God's love may spread through this place into God's world.
3: a splendor.
1: I am so overjoyed that we had this precious time here together this week. Let's give a praise God to Reverend Alpher for his wonderful preaching today. We are so grateful. And we're so grateful that we get to go out into this world and keep our charge that the Lord has given us. Let us say this together, please. Don't just talk faith. Do faith. Don't just talk about places where faith should be. Bring faith there. Don't just talk about God's healing, live in it and offer it. Walk the talk of resurrection, living in faith, and discover a joyful journey. Bless you, and now may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord shine God's face upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up God's countenance, (laughs) even upon little old us. And grant us peace now and forever. And may the people so blessed by God say with oomph, Amen.